0: welcome into the chain clankers disc golf podcast presented by upper park disc golf the best disc golf bags in the game they've got the highest quality materials at the most affordable prices you can save 10 percent by using promo code clankers 10 get your hands on the new pinch pro the shift 2023 are some awesome bags as well as if you're really looking to bulk up your bag check out the rebel they've got the best colors and really they're the most durable lightest weight. They feel the best on your back. Cannot recommend them enough. Today's episode of the podcast, we've got a exciting one for you. We've got some news as well as we're going to be talking about three things we would have done differently if we were starting disc golf in 2023. This is super exciting and let's get the news out of the way. If you're watching on YouTube, our new YouTube channel, Chain Clinkers disc, Chain Clinkers Podcast uh, that's where we're uploading the YouTube videos, too. But if you're watching over there, you can already see the man on the screen right now. Horatio Gonzalez is joining us on today's podcast. For those newer listeners, he's got that dirty stash. It's back. Trenton's got that stash-beard combo going on, and I am just baby-faced by myself over here. But Horatio and I initially started the podcast together for so for those longtime listeners. You remember him. For those newer
1: listeners, Horatio Welcome in. Thank you. Glad to be back. You know, I just kept hearing on the streets, no one is putting Q in check. You know, Turner's just kind of let him slide, talk all this BS. No one's, no one's putting him in his place, calling him out when he's saying, you know, mids are are useless. Nobody needs mids. You know, I'm back.
0: Whoa. No. That was a long time ago, man. That was a, that was a long time ago. Now <laughs> I'm just talking trash on the Berg's. If you're not following us on Instagram at Clankers, make sure you go do that now. We, uh, I put up a very controversial reel the other day uh, discussing how the proper way to throw the Berg, I won't spoil it, but make sure you go check it out anyways. Yeah. So super exciting episode to get into here today. Uh, Horatio, we've been talking to him a little bit recently. He has decided to kind of come back and join the podcast and Horatio, I'll kind of give you the platform here to kind of talk about maybe what you're going to do, how involved will you'll be. We'll be seeing you on the podcast more, just kind of what the future of the chain clankers brand looks like.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely, um, Having a baby just had to take a step, step back a little bit, kind of gather, uh, gather my schedule, kind of get stuff in place. It definitely changes dynamic, you know, just relationship and also just uh, your works work schedule and life life schedule. It kind of just goes out the window. Um, kind of just needed to regroup, figure things out, and I mean, Trent stepped in at perfect time, and you know, kind of just you guys took it away and just kept rolling with it. But I think especially now, you know, and Trent now has a a second kiddo. So I think I kind of had my stuff in order and was, I missed it, missed talking disc golf. Um, and I think I'm also excited to be able to help out, you know, and kind of balance out a little more. So, you know, Triton can also do the kind of same thing I did and have a little more balance between disc golf, podcasts, YouTube, and, and the kiddos.
0: Yes, so Horatio is going to be doing a lot more of the YouTube dynamic, so he's going to be in charge of the videos, content creation, the shooting, that kind of stuff over there. He's going to be in some more YouTube videos. He's been posting a lot of reels over there, so if you're someone who watches YouTube reels, make sure you check this out. Oh my god, that's embarrassing. Shorts, they're called shorts. YouTube shorts?
1: Yeah, you don't have to stop it though. yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, so yeah, he's going to be doing that. Uh, i'm very excited to have him back on board. I know that the discussions are going to get a lot hotter with the three of us on board and, and we all have different kinds of knowledge that come to the game that can help you become a better disc golfer, which at the end of the day is the goal of the podcast. So that's enough of the housekeeping. Uh, one last thing, I guess, thank you guys so much for 6,000 Instagram followers. I will have made some sort of post by the time this goes live, but we cannot thank you guys enough for the 6,000 followers over there. That's such an incredible milestone. So, really appreciative of you guys doing that. If you haven't already followed us, uh, do it. At Chain Clankers. We've got daily reels going up Monday through Friday. Horatio's got the YouTube shorts going up as well. And Trenton's balling out on the Facebook. All at Chain Clankers. So, you can find it over there. Let's get into it. These are the three things that we would do if we were starting disc golf in 2020 that we believe you should do if you are starting disc golf in 2023. Trenton, get us on the tee of one. What is the first thing?
2: If I were starting disc golf right now in 2023 rather than three or so years ago, I would be putting as much time as possible on the putting green or in the back lawn with my brand new at the time basket because I would definitely be going out and buying one. I'm not saying you have to buy the $300 one I'm saying you have to buy. You don't have to buy anything. You can go to the practice course. But if you want to practice in your garage, in your backyard, get online. Pick yourself up a disc golf basket. It can be the $50 one. They'll work just as good. And then here's the other thing I will point out. Get a putter that feels fantastic in your hand. Doesn't matter if it's a harp. Doesn't matter if it's a deputy. Doesn't matter if it's a Luna, the $30 putter Luna. Doesn't matter if it's a... Whatever it is, P1, PA3, whatever the whatever the putter is, when you're first starting out, get one that feels good in your hand and, and figure it out and do as many putts as you can. Um, when I say one, I mean get at least three and a basket and then hit the putting green. That will improve your game so much faster than anything else that we will go over, in my opinion. So that is my take on the putting and what to do, what I would definitely do right away if I were starting right now.
1: Jumping on that, I would definitely agree. I would say the number one, you know, if this was to be in an order, I would say putting is king. I definitely agree with all of that. And the only thing I would kind of add onto it or disagree with is um, everybody I've known and have introduced to disc golf has changed their putter uh, more than once within that first year or two. And I would say get a few putters, you know, I would say at least five and everyone's going to go out and buy discs instead of buying discs invest in a basket like Trenton said and invest in like four or five putters and they don't have to be the same um I after playing for a few years now I truly believe that within 30 feet the pattern does does not matter um you definitely want one that feels good and gives you confidence but I don't think the putter makes a difference inside of 30 feet. So as far as for practicing at home and getting that stroke down, um, it's not going to matter as much what putter you're using, rather than how much you're putting. Um, but I know just as far as you know, talking about spending money on a basket, I have two baskets and both of them I bought on marketplace. Um, one of them for like 40 bucks and the other one I think, and the other one I got for Christmas. Um, and I almost bought a third one, but someone beat me to it because it was also like fifty or forty bucks, which is very cheap. So just look on marketplace every once in a while, and sometimes baskets will pop up. And usually it's people that don't even play disc golf. It's someone that's just getting rid of it for like a kid or someone that had it before. Um, but yeah, I would definitely say invest in a basket and putters as your first first purchase. Big purchases in disc golf.
0: Yeah, that's a really good shout, you know, getting the multiple putters. I know for me personally, I initially putted with a DX AVR and then moved to a Crown and then really messed with a Crown for a long time, moved to a PA3. Now I put with a Maiden. And, you know, it's been about three years or so. And I know you guys have had similar journeys. I, I mean, hell, Horatio, I sold you what, 10 putters a couple weeks ago and maybe two of them were the same because I agree with what you have to say. When you're inside of 30 feet, every putter pretty much is going to fly the exact same way. Maybe the wind will give you a little bit of difference, but assuming you don't have a ton of wind the putters are going to fly pretty much the exact same way. So it's just kind of learning what you like. Do you like a bead in your putter? Do you like a bulky putter? Do you like a slim putter? Do you like a putter that feels like a driver? Do you like to have a deep dish putter? You know, you just kind of have to figure those things out. And when you do limit yourself to only one putter, for X amount of time, you aren't able to figure that out as much as you could if you were experimenting. So, I do like that shout. I will also say, I don't think it's required that you have a basket. I think you can just make sure before you go and play with your buddies, you know, show up 10 minutes before and get some work on the putting green. Now, if you're just putting 10 minutes before you go play around once a week, you're probably not going to see a ton of improvement. That's why the two before me saying you have to have a basket, yes, having a basket will will absolutely 1000% accelerate your growth and your ability to become a better putter all three of us can say it has helped our games tremendously but I do want to bring up the tip that Matt Bell had said on our podcast before where you don't need a basket sometimes you can just putt into a tree or sometimes you can just putt into open space you don't have a target and in doing that what that allows you to do is it teaches you your own putting stroke you can figure out what feels good what feels natural how do you want your putting stroke to feel without having the pressure of getting into a basket it allows you to just putt it's not like you're just trying to limp your disc over the edge get it into the basket so I think that you can practice with that you can do it from you know distant marks if you want or you can just do it with no distance required I think this is a drill that you know go out in your backyard go on your common area at your apartment complex hell while you're walking on the course and your buddy's driving Turn around, get a couple putts, and get that stroke down because I think that is going to lead to confidence. And putting is so mental. I mean, let's be honest. If you're having a bad mental day, you can be a great putter, and all of a sudden you're a bad putter. So if you can can get your mental game right, you can get your confidence, your stroke right, I think all those are going to be very critical, and I know all three of us would do that immediately because especially at the amateur level, if you want to be successful, you have to be a good putter. Horatio, talk to me. What is the second thing that you would do – if you were starting disc golf in 2023?
1: Yeah, I would say this is one thing that's kind of, I've recently started doing in the last few months, you know, so two two or so years into it. I did a little bit, and I think everyone does it a little bit at first, but I've gotten really obsessed with it in the last couple of months, just because I think I've kind of hit a plateau, and that's um, watching forum video, and not necessarily your own, but just other pros, You know, I don't know if you can do it on Androids, but on iPhone, you can screen record. So you can just go on YouTube, screen record your favorite pros. It doesn't even have to be someone that's similar build to you. Um, It can be just someone who has a really clean, clean form, really clean pull um, and just watch it over and over and over and try to just watch it on mute because a lot of times they'll tell you kind of what they're doing and what to look for. But Try to figure out for yourself what exactly that pro is doing at what time that is making a difference versus another pro or versus yourself. Some of the videos, I've taken them and I've put them beside my own kind of like on a a collage video and I'll try to compare the timing and kind of see what they're doing differently. And then next time you go, try to focus on those things that you're watching and I will say it gets super frustrating because I'll do this when I'm laying, laying in bed getting ready to go to sleep and I like, I know what they're doing. Like, I want to try this and it makes me so mad because it's like 10 o'clock at night and I can't, you know, I'm not at the field or I'm not at the course and I can't practice it. So I have to wait until the next day or, or whenever I can go. So, you know, definitely if you know, you're going to go out and play that afternoon or that evening, Go to those videos and watch it 30, 40 minutes before you go out there. That way it's fresh in your mind and you can focus on that. Um, One of the recent ones I just watched was Eagle McMahon. There's a YouTube channel that just posts like their pro slow-mo drives. And this was Eagle McMahon's. And two of the things I picked up on was the way he kind of leans over and the way he, he pushes his right arm at the same time that he brings his left leg behind so that x step that goes behind the foot um, he does that at the same time so for timing everyone always talks about timing that's when he is bringing his left foot behind his right foot is when he pushes his elbow towards the front a little bit and it could be a cue or it could be kind of just how he does it Um, and the second thing that I noticed is that he brings his his left arm, his non throwing arm, into his body first before he turns back. And I was trying that the other day at the course, and my shots, like no joke, were going definitely, they were coming out faster, and I felt so much more power. Um, and then after analyzing it, basically realize he's turning he's turning his body into kind of a coil he's compressing everything because he's bringing that left arm in really tight at the same time that he's pulling back so he's crossing like he's bringing his two shoulders together so then what they want to do is just pull apart um, and so I was really focusing on that at the course the other day and I, I saw the difference immediately
2: I need to do it more and I, I've been thinking about it a lot, but I unfortunately haven't been able to play lately or do anything really. But um, I kind of want to reinvent my form. And I think uh, for me, one thing that has helped me out, especially learning backhand, because as you guys have heard, I've talked about it a little bit. I originally was throwing like 95% forearm or forehands and then switched to backhand. And one thing that definitely helped was doing this, watching forum videos and watching myself, like recording myself a little bit. But also when you cannot go to the course, just grab a towel, um, hold it just like a disc. And that gives you enough resistance so that you can like do a full speed pull and it won't like hurt your elbow or hurt your shoulder, which it shouldn't anyways. When you don't have any weight in your arm, it kind of hurts. Like if you actually try to do a pull through, it's not very comfortable. So giving the, having the towel, It's just another way to do it, like in your living room, in your garage, in your backyard, wherever. You can do a full throw um, and record yourself and get the same, you know, get the exact same mechanics as if you're at the course. And then one other thing uh, that Hall and Hanley kind of talked about in our podcast was breaking it down by section. So, like, if you're working on your X step um, and you can do this all at the same time, but I thought this was a good tip. So, like, focus on... Uh, like if you're worried about getting the power pocket or whatever it might be, like focus on the power pocket and then watch the video. And so that's the main thing you're working on, right? So that's your whole form is working on that. And if you're throwing a disc, do not watch the disco. Just watch yourself in your form because you're working on form at that time. You're not worried about the plastic and where it's going. So I think that was a good call. And I think the towel helped me tremendously. So that is another thing that would be very helpful
0: Yeah, I think the towel is very critical. And I think something that is a common theme in this episode is that you can do these tips. You can do this at home. You don't have to be on the course in order to do these things, right? You can go in your basement. You can go in your living room. You can get on your bed if you really want to get weird with it. It doesn't matter where you're at. You can do this. You can take that towel that Trenton's talking about and you can start working on your form. You can literally have your TV have Eagle McMahon's form And your phone is recording you and you're trying to mimic it in live time by going slow through the slow-mo and see, can you get your form to match Eagle's form, for example, and like Croatia, then boom, you can look at both of them side by side and be like, yes, I am doing this correctly. I think something that's also really critical about this is that you focus on one key area at a time. If you're just getting into disc golf, understand your form is not going to look like Eagle McMahon. Right, a lot of our listeners are under 900 rated your form is probably not going to look like Eagle McMahon. If you try to reinvent the wheel and reinvent everything at once, you're not going to have as much of success as if you would just focus on one thing at a time, drill it for a couple of weeks until it feels natural. If you're doing a ton of different things at once and none of it ever feels natural, then what's going to happen is as soon as you get into, maybe you're doing all this at home, as soon as you get to the course and you're playing an actual competitive round, You're going to revert back to what you've been doing or because you haven't really played disc golf a whole lot. You're just getting into it. You're not going to remember what you were working on in the first place. So I think you need to make sure you take that step back, analyze what's going on, and really just focus on one thing at a time. That's going to allow you to learn how to improve your form the quickest and allow you to become a better disc golfer, which leads us to the final point of this podcast is that you need to go to standstill. Man, if I was starting disc golf in 2023, standstill would be my best friend. Here's the reason why. You learn about weight transfer. It's less strain on your body. You learn about spin and technique and your form and just breaking all of those things down. Initially going very slow with it, just trying to understand the pull through, getting that consistent reach back like we talked about with David Wiggins last week. You have to have a consistent plane that you're going on every single time. And if you're doing an step and you're running you could be hurting your ability to do a good throw because your timing is going to be off. When you're in a standstill, it's very hard for your timing to be off. And don't worry that nobody else on the course is doing this. Maybe you're the only one on your card throwing standstill, but you're going to be doing better in the long run because you're learning how to improve your form the correct way. You're treating your body the correct way by not putting too much on it. You don't want to be in a situation where you're doing a next step and the next thing you know, you bust your hip open and it hurts, right? You, you, you hear a pop in it and the next thing you know, you can't throw for two years, right? You hurt your shoulder, you hurt your knees, whatever it is. This standstill also allows you to do what we just talked about in the second tip you can focus on one thing at a time. You can build up your form, okay? Let's build up the power pocket initially. Let's build up that slingshot momentum. Let's build up the bet the off arm. Let's build up the follow-through. Let's build up a bunch of different aspects to your throw that are critical to you having a good throw before we add in the wasted or extra movement at the time of the X step. I think the X step can be valuable. I think we just have to work our way up to there. And by doing the X step initially and feeling almost peer pressure that you have to throw like that I think hurts you in the long run it hurts your accuracy and it's going to hurt your distance so going to that standstill I think is very critical to helping both of those aspects as well as you just becoming a better disc golfer
1: yeah I know definitely whenever I introduce someone to disc golf you know I kind of force them to go to that standstill just because it's one it's a lot less to teach people Um, you can get them to focus on that pull through. And I mean, everyone still does a standstill, you know, even pros, when you think about it, they're still doing standstills. Once they get off the tee, they're in certain situations. Um, they're from a certain distance. They go to a standstill because they are able to be more accurate for, you know, those shorter distances they're able to be more accurate or get as much power from a standstill than trying to do a run-up. So you'll see pros all the time, especially like in wooded courses or whatnot, just go to a standstill, and they still are able to throw, you know, three, 400 feet if they really want to from a standstill. I think there was one a couple of years ago. Um, I think it was Eagle McMahon where he was kind of on the road, and he had to like – put one leg over that, uh, the highway, like the barrier and he had to go from a standstill. And I'm pretty sure he threw that thing like 400, 450 and like put it under the basket.
2: Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. He was, he did a standstill standing over the guardrail and I'm 90% positive. He parked it and got a birdie or an Eagle or who knows what the guy's incredible, but Um, I'm not going to beat too much more on backhand stands still, but I will say it's easy, especially us baseball or you baseball players out there. If you're throwing forehand early on, like I was, um, the crow hop is kind of, which all the crow hop is, if you don't know, it's kind of like doing a little skip and then throwing, um, like a baseball forehand. Um, you can do the exact same thing. If you're going to try a forehand throw, do the exact same thing we've been talking about in a standstill position. Try not to do said crow hop or step into it. That will come with time. Focus on, we've been talking a lot about Eagle McMahon. He has an incredible forearm. If he's going to use it anymore, you can watch videos and do the same thing with your forehand. So, To beat a dead horse, do a standstill is exactly what I would be doing if I was um, to go back. And I haven't even played since the last time we recorded the podcast, and I was talking about I need to go back to standstill. So now that you've been, all of you, either if you're brand new or if you have been playing for a while, so I challenge you to go play at least nine holes, stand still only, at your course you play all the time, and let us know in the comments, or let us know on Instagram. Let us know how you did. Did you match your score? Did you beat your score? Let us know, because I know I have plans next time I play, which hopefully is this weekend, to at least play nine holes in a standstill, um, well... From standstill and just see how it goes, and work on forms and work on everything we've been talking about. So, um, do that. Let us know if you play nine eighteen and if you beat your score you normally pl- you normally sh- shoot, or just kind of how it went. Let us know your thoughts.
0: Yeah, if you could put put a post up on the Facebook group, it's just chain clinkers disc golf on Facebook that way there's a central spot for you to go to and comment about your specific journey in this or how it went for you and Trenton can put in the comments you know put it just throw it up tonight or tomorrow Trenton and then we can kind of update it as the weekend goes on and when you guys listen to this on Monday we can talk about it you know Go in there, comment on it. It's a great group. Uh, It's a bunch of people just like you who like disc golf and want to improve their disc golf game, and that's why you're here. And and I do have one more announcement, I guess, before we get out of here is that we're also adding a benefit to our Patreon. We haven't really talked a whole lot about this on the podcast or on Instagram or anything like that. But what we're going to be doing is we're going to, you know, we have our disc reviews every month on YouTube, which we are changing the content structure for that. So those are going to be overhauled and they're going to look a little bit different. This next one that comes out, then we're going to have a little bit of a OTB match where maybe it's Trenton and I, or Horatio and Trenton, or it doesn't really matter, oh, Yeah all three, this. who knows, but we're going to take discs, or there's five discs, four discs, whatever it is, and we're going to use only those discs, and we're going to give those discs away as a lot on our Patreon. So uh, if you support us over on Patreon, patreon.com backslash chainclinkers, you could win those, that lot of discs. So probably about four discs, I'd say. Now something that's you know worth noting here is that we're going to do it in a way to where if you win the first time, you are not eligible to win until everyone else has won. So that guarantees you, at some point, at this point, you will get a lot of discs from us just by joining our patreon i can't guarantee when it's going to happen but because of the number of patrons we have over there right now we are guaranteeing that we are not once your name's pulled your name is out of the hat until we roll through and then we'll throw it back in so that way everyone can get that you get more entries the higher you up so if you're an ace member you get three entries if you're eagle you get two if you're a birdie you get one and So uh, yeah, I just want to let you guys know about that. That's kind of all the housekeeping stuff I have here. Again, these were our three things that we would do if we were starting disc golf in 2023. We would focus on putting. Putting is king. You have to be a good putter. If You have to learn how to putt if you want to be good at disc golf. The second one is you have to be crazy about form and watching videos of other people throwing. This will allow you to replicate and start to work on your own form. And the third part is going and doing that Work on your standstills. Go from the standstill position until everything in your upper body and lower body is starting to feel natural. You can get some good distance and accuracy with it and then slowly start to incorporate the X step. Thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast episode. If you haven't, if you're new, leave a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We highly appreciate the feedback we get over there and we will see you guys next week.